Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Curie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, pop culture, wellness, and whatever else comes up from week to week. This week's episode is a wellness episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear from today's guest. Her name is Shauna Spence. She is a registered dietitian and nutritionist based here in New York. I'm going to be working with her at the top of the year. If you've been following along with me on this podcast or on my YouTube or on my Instagram at Not Carrie Bradshaw, I've been talking to you guys about my weight loss. Um, I've gotten to my quote unquote goal weight. I'm very cautious about using that term, but this is the weight that was metabolically determined to be best for me by a doctor, by an endocrinologist. I just want to be very clear. And I want to make sure that I maintain my healthy weight, that I maintain my healthy blood sugar, that I maintain my healthy blood pressure. And sometimes we just need help. We can't do everything on our own. I've been following Shauna's content for the past two years now, I think, and it's been so informative just about the ways that we have been sold and taught a lot of wrong things when it comes to food, nutrition, our relationship with food. Many of us have a disordered relationship with food that we don't realize, and I wanted her to come and share just some of the bare bones of some of the principles that she works with people on. She approaches things from a health at any size perspective. She does not prioritize weight loss. And I know a lot of people, that's a lot of people's goal. And some of the feedback that I have gotten in regards to my own weight loss has just had me a little bit concerned about the way we're navigating this this part of wellness. I really wanted her to come on and give you guys some insight and break down some of the misperceptions that we have about dieting and that we have about detoxing and all kinds of things. So I'm going to stop talking now and I hope you guys get something from this. I truly, truly do understand the desire to lose weight, even if it's not medically necessary. Um, I'm doing my best to learn about fat phobia and how not to be fat phobic. Um, I'm actively learning that in real time. You will hear that on this episode. So I do want to say that even given that, I understand what it's like to want to lose weight and to feel like you just don't know how to. And I'm very sensitive to that. I empathize, but it's also really important to me that we learn how to be kind to ourselves in those discussions. And I hope that this will start you on a holistic and healthy and sensible path to physical wellness when it comes to food and nutrition and movement. So... I hope some of your questions get answered, but many of the questions that that I received that you guys wanted me to ask her were just centered around, how do I lose weight? What do I eat to lose weight? What do I cut out? What do I cut back on? So um, hopefully we properly address some of that. Again, let me shut up. Here's Shauna. I hope you guys enjoy this. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, rate, review. Follow Shauna. I'm putting her information in the episode description. Thank you guys for joining me. Take care of yourselves and be well.
I'm so very excited to finally have you on. We've been trying to do this for, I think like a year now, but just like uh, yeah. and everything got in the way. So I am very happy to see your face. I'm very happy to actually start working with you in the new year. And I have gotten so much feedback about my own weight loss journey that made me really uncomfortable. And I felt like it would be better to have someone who can speak to these things from a more informed space mm-hmm. um, on here and talk to my audience about it. So I'm going to let you tell my audience who you are, what you do and why. So my name is Shauna Spence. I am a registered dietitian um, based in Brooklyn. And I like to kind of call myself like an eat everything or anything um, dietitian. I think it's just super important because food is often, um, I'll just say a lot of foods are stigmatized or demonized. So it's really just important to get that message out there, Um, especially looking at the media. I think people always assume they're not eating things they should be eating or too much of things or whatever the case is. And I think sometimes that does more damage to our bodies because of the stress than actual food eating. (laughs) So I think it's just really important for people to know that. Um, I also tell or explain to people that I like to um, come from a haze perspective, which means health at every size, Um, because oftentimes we also think that the smaller we get or the smaller we are, the better. And that's not necessarily the case as well. So that's all my perspective. (laughs) Um, That's how I'm coming in. So, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what the Instagram algorithm was that led me to your Instagram page, but I found your perspective so soothing because of the way that diet culture has kind of trained our minds to perceive food and just this mindset that we're always kind of doing something wrong in terms Mm -hmm. of how we eat. Um, One thing about your story that I found really interesting, we both have a fashion background. So I was wondering what exactly about the industry just made you like, what was your final straw where you were just like, I I can't be a part of this shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's just very, and don't get me wrong. Like I think fashion honestly is because I do have like a creative outlet as well. So I don't think that it's like a dumb or, you know, I'm using quotation marks here, um, field. I think that fashion designers are artists. Like I say that all the time. I think it's super important. However, I just found maybe the companies I was working for toxic. I'm not going to name them. Um, And I also found the people I was working with at the time and just my personality just didn't fit. So I think it just wasn't for me. And I like to say that just to point out, um, because I do have friends that are still working there and they're doing fine. But also, I think it was just um, me wanting to find a different career, but a career that I felt like I could actually help people in, or I felt like I was being, um, I can't describe it, like, it's not, it's not the best way to say, like, used appropriately or whatever you want to uh, put it, but I just felt like I'd be more useful somewhere else. And I got into nutrition um, simply for the wrong reasons, actually. (laughs) I went into it for the wrong reasons at first because I was very much still like, oh, I eat like super healthy and I can help people like, you know, eat healthy too and be like really thin. And, you know, like I also had disordered eating. So, you know, I thought I was like, the clean, you know, superfood outlook. And so that's why I did originally get into it, which is not good. 
And then it really did take my own um, research and realizing this isn't the best way to present things. This isn't helpful. Um, and that's sort of how I like slowly transitioned into the dietitian <laughs> that I am today. But yeah, yeah um, I love that. I mean, I think for me, fashion, working in fashion, I realized that I'm not cut out to be on the corporate side of things. Cause yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I was like, <laughs> I'm in the wrong place yeah. building time. Like that's, that's how I felt like every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I had like the first inkling was like my very first like internship uh-huh. and this girl and I, I still routinely pray that I don't run into her. Um, this girl <laughs> yelled in my face and I tell this story all the time, but it was like kill bill sirens went off and I didn't realize that I was going to run into that. That girl was like an avatar for every kind of girl that I run into. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I might need to get out of corporate fashion because my ass going to end up in jail. Like yeah. I, there's no way it's, I'm not going to so the shit out of somebody. So, um, I still definitely, you know, have the creative outlet of it, but it was like corporate fashion is just, nope. Um, so I Mm -hmm. love that you have the, um, the haze perspective on things like on your website, you're very clear about like your approach to Mm -hmm. things. Um, so my friends and I, who are trying to unlearn diet culture, we're trying to understand fat phobia, a little bit more, but we still hit these walls because of how we've been socialized, right? Where it's like, it doesn't sound right. So with mm-hmm. to our untrained mind, health at any size sounds like, oh, just eat whatever you want. But this is a more sustainable approach to nutritional wellness overall. Can you explain like why that is a more sustainable approach versus mm-hmm. what we've been taught about keto, paleo, cut carbs, do this, do that, do this. Why mm-hmm. is this a more sustainable approach? I think just when you're ever you're told not to do something, I feel like the body or your mind just has a natural rebellious um, mindset to it. Like I always use the example of being a teenager, like when your parents told you not to do something, no matter what it was, you're like, well, I'm going to do it now that you told me not to, you know, um, and I feel like that kind of carries through, you know, when with all of these diets it's always a list of foods that you cannot eat, right? So of course your mind is going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't eat this. So you're constantly thinking about that very food. Like maybe you weren't thinking about, I don't know, uh, potato chips before, right? Like maybe that was not in your mindset, but just seeing that you can't have them, that's what you're going to be thinking about. So it's, it's sort of, that's kind of the example I always use when I'm saying like things aren't sustainable because there's nothing wrong with having that you know, not everyone's going to just constantly eat, um, out of the bag all the time, you know, unless you're restricting. Um, so I always say it's really more sustainable to be able to eat everything, you know, that, you know, I always also put that, you know, you aren't allergic to or intolerant to or anything like that, because that always comes up. Um, I have a lot of allergies too, so I understand. Um, but it's really important to know that, you know what, I can have these things once in a while, or I can, you know, allow myself the freedom to choose, you know, and no one's saying, I just want to also clear up, no one's saying not to eat vegetables, because that's, that's the thing, like, people will always go back to that. It's like, oh, you're telling people to just like eat cookies all day. It's like, 
no, I'm actually not saying that, um, you know, because sometimes our body does say, you know what, that salad looks good. That's perfectly fine too. Um, it's just allowing yourself the freedom. And when you really do give yourself permission, it's more sustainable, you know, because all of those other diets just are giving you lists of foods not to eat. And it's not specific to your body. Like, you know, if you have celiac disease, yes, definitely stay away from gluten. But for those of us who, yeah, you know, and but the thing is that gluten is often demonized, even though people don't have celiac disease. So I it's like, get so frustrated with, <laughs> oh, I don't do gluten. And I'm always like, oh, why is that? Oh, yeah, exactly. And, I, and I'm like, do, do you have celiac disease? And they're like, well, yeah. what is that? And I'm like, well, it's there an actual condition where you can't, shouldn't have gluten. And then- right why are you why are you cutting this out I think that like we just there's too much information about Mm -hmm. things that are actually you can't paint with a broad brush like everything doesn't apply to everybody example I had a friend tell me she was having like some vaginal issues and I'm like that person who my friends know like you can ask me anything Mm -hmm. and she told me like yeah so I stopped using tampons I was like oh were the tampons giving you a yeast infection And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, no, but I did like one of my friends that completely talked me out of using tampons anymore because they said they cause infertility. I said, bitch, do you think that? (laughs) No. (laughs) Did you find a correlation or a connection between like your vagina and tampons? Well, no, they never bothered me. So why are you inconveniencing yourself? You know, and I think we do this with diet a lot as well and it stresses me out because I'm like I know you Mm. must also be frustrated that you're just like oh do you have a gluten-free bun like everywhere you go yeah yeah like it's not gonna it's not gonna even exactly you what I realized too um when I first reached out to you to work with you, I also at the same time had gone in for my physical and I got this insulin resistance diagnosis. And at the same time, I also started mindful self-compassion with my therapist. Right. So before getting that diagnosis and getting on meds and, you know, pre this, this part of my journey, I would always think like, if I let myself, if I let myself quote unquote have like one, whatever, whatever, I'm going to just like clear the bag. Like I will eat a sleeve of Oreos. Now before Mm -hmm. that diagnosis, yes, I would. Got the diagnosis, got on meds, whatever, whatever. And I had a, just an intense craving for a bagel. Mm -hmm. I don't even like bagels. They're too chewy. Takes too long to chew, whatever. Like my pre brain was like, go get a bag of bagels. I allowed myself to have like one or two of them, I think, like with the cream cheese, with whatever, whatever. And the rest of those bagels are still sitting in there. So said that to say, like, allowing yourself the kindness to be a human who has like a craving is Mm -hmm. not going to derail your whole shit unless you have a diet, like a biological, like what I had, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm always kind of trying to, to get people to the other side of like, well, what's true for you? And so for mm-hmm. you as a, this is what you do, you're trained in this. Do you not struggle <laughs> to bring <laughs> that in people where it's like, you'll be fine, I promise. Just be nice yeah. to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's scary, you know, and, and I get it, you know, because they, 
oftentimes people and, you know, everyone um, has different reasonings, but I think that we always want to see the results physically in ourselves. And I feel like people are scared, you know, um, like whenever we talk about even exercise, like people want to see the results. And I think not seeing the results of something is frightening for people. Um, And a lot of times eating, like we're told, oh, if you eat the correct way, if you eat perfectly, you're going to see the results, right? Um, And that's what that's still ingrained in people's minds. And so it's scary to be told, how about not doing that? How about trying something um, where, you know what, you'll feel better, which, which, which I think should be the goal, but people are still very much into this physical transformation. And I think that that's why it's like scary for people or, you know, and oftentimes it's this new concept. Let's be honest. Like if you open any magazine now, or, you know, well, you know, I'm so old school. So I guess like reading online, like (laughs) the kids don't do that anymore uh, with magazines, but like anything you look at, um, it's often, told like what to eat or, you know, like even in the magazines that are now claiming um, to be like more inclusive, I still see like things geared towards uh, clean eating or like calling things superfoods or, you know, keto sometimes gets slipped in there where it'll be like keto friendly a recipe or something like that. So I think that it's still very hard to let go of. Like we're, we're, we know that we're like in the right direction but it's just like that final like hey let's try something new <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> so I think it's just I think it's scary for people you know and it it's frustrating but also I I definitely have empathy you yeah. know um it's because I understand like society is just pushing me back you know it's it's just hard to undo yeah and I think too we don't for whatever reason, we don't really like a simple answer. We want like a mm-hmm. quick fix, but we also don't want a simple answer. And your, oh, totally. yeah, your approach to things is really just be, be kinder to yourself. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. we really want to beat ourselves into submission. <laughs> and that's it's true. We want rules. Yes. Rules. Yeah. We want <laughs> the, the strictness of that. So again, I'm really trying to better understand fat phobia and I keep seeing some really questionable things online where mm-hmm. it's like well going to the gym is fat phobic and I'm like I, that don't sound right to me or yeah. you know mm-hmm. be certain that where you do start um other practices like I have gotten to the point where like I'm really afraid to post like before and after photos because I don't want to perpetuate fat phobia in this way. And it's starting to kind of circle like circular thinking to me in the, in the, the bigger conversation online about Mm -hmm. fat phobia, where it's like, it sounds like you're telling people that not you specifically, but you know, Mm -hmm. the community is telling people that they are wrong for damn near doing anything that could even as a byproduct result in mm-hmm. weight loss. So I guess my question is, when is it okay, quote unquote, or healthy, or is it ever healthy or okay to desire weight loss or to have an aesthetic desire for your body? Because I'm honestly kind of confused and I always mm-hmm. want to be careful about the content that I put out. I don't want to be harmful. I don't, you know, want to add to that story. 
but it's like, is it not okay for me to want my personal desires for my body? And that, mm-hmm. that part I'm a little bit mixed up on. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, like weight loss is, you know, it's, it's kind of um, interesting you say that because a lot of times people will say, oh, you're anti weight loss. And it's just like, no, like people lose weight all the time. You know, it's not anti, I'm like not anti anything except like dieting. But um, I always talk about intentional weight loss. Like that's the difference. So weight loss can happen. And that's what haze is actually about, excuse me, um, is when we say we're not going to talk about weight as a behavior, meaning whatever your goals are, like, let's say you want more energy, right? Like wanting more energy and weight loss aren't, are two separate things. So we can say, oh, like maybe it's how you're eating. Cause a lot of times we just look at the food. We don't look at, are you actually eating enough during the day? Are you eating like, um, consistently? Are you drinking enough water? That's always a big one. <laughs> are you drinking no enough water? No one is ever no. drinking <laughs> enough water. Exactly. Ever. That's always the one that gets people. They're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> Sleep, right? Like those are big ones. So, you know, wait, if you do all those things and are actually like, exercise is great. Like I am a big proponent of movement in general. Um, you know, like whatever you like to do, if it's like lifting, if it's doing that really hard hit class or whatever, like that's great. Um, you know, and yes, sometimes you might lose weight, but I think people get caught up with intentional weight loss because we're getting to an arbitrary number. Right. And yes, like you can definitely go to the doctor. Don't get me wrong. And they'll tell you a lot of bullshit too, because doctors sometimes do perpetuate that stigma as well. So they might give you a number. However, our bodies are different, right? Like there, I think that body diversity is something that we don't look at enough of, um, you know, and I talk about being like a kid in school when we learn about like, you know, people come in like different colors and hair colors and all this stuff. We never learned about different bodies, you know, and I think that's super, super important to, you know, really teach the kids now. But yeah, I think like there's a difference between weight loss, which can happen for sure, because our bodies fluctuate too. Um, And intentional weight loss, meaning you're trying to contort your body into a size or get to a number that it might not be programmed to get to, you know, and, and that's, I think that's the difference. So, you know, before and after pictures, and I, and I used to learn this too. Like at first I thought, you know, everyone can do whatever they want to, but sometimes I think that before and after you always have to think, well, someone's, you know, it's great to celebrate whatever your goals are, but you're like, before picture might be someone's like now. And I think that's, that's the thing to be careful of, like telling people, well, you know, you shouldn't look like this. Like, you know, it depends on the messaging, like everything is nuanced. And I don't think it necessarily means people are bad people or anything like that. Um, but I think that's what I'm learning too, because I'm still learning as well. Um, and I think that's the messaging behind before and after pictures. Um, because yeah, like if you are like getting stronger by doing all these classes or whatever you're doing, like, yeah, you want to celebrate that. So maybe just be like, look at, you know, just posting a picture of yourself now and being like, I just made it through like the whole hour of this class, you know, like why the before picture. So that's, that's sort of my take on it. Again, I'm not saying if you do before and after you're wrong, but that's just my, that's just my opinion from what I'm learning still too. 
but that's sort of the messaging. Fat phobia is it's hard because we're, it's it's around us. You know, we're still learning it um, from doctors, from TV, right? Like, you know, you you turn on the TV and like the fat person is still like the joke of you know the series, and it's like you know, so it's it's a lot to undo. It's a lot to undo. Yeah, I, to your point. I think we are like active. We're very clearly actively learning about it. As, it, mm-hmm. as it's happening, but I found, um, I was so troubled by the feedback that Lizzo got from that community. Oh. It was like, yeah, I did too. Yeah. yeah they felt I... abandoned by her because she'd had like a weekend and, and a moment where she yeah. just did not feel good about her body. And, you know, said that she wanted to do a detox, which I, I definitely want your um you to share your mm-hmm. perspective on detoxes as well because the number of times that I have been like bitch your kidney works you're fine um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I felt so badly for her because they didn't give her permission to have a moment of mm-hmm. not even weakness but just of humanity like she's on a much bigger stage than any other fat person in the world so the things that she encounters are going to hit her differently than we mm-hmm. are and I, I don't know some of the the messaging and the responses and the I I was so troubled by that. It's like I think people need to have permission to to feel how they feel about their body, and that can go you know on any part of the of the spectrum. But who are you to tell someone that their moment is mm-hmm. negative? Just you know super negatively. That some mm-hmm. girl was like, I was gonna get a Lizzo tattoo but no longer and it's like why are we oh gonna- my god <laughs> why like, zero? like calm down yeah. so um I think, yeah mm-hmm. yeah go ahead I'm sorry no I was just gonna say my thing with that is just that you know who she never said that she was like leading the body like whatever movement you know so it's just that I think people saw someone you know she has this confidence she has this like insane amount of talent and they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, it's it's natural to be like, I want to be like her. Like, she's my idol or whatever. And she never said, I am, you know, going to be this fat activist. I'm going to be this, you know, she was literally just living her life. Like, you know, getting her Grammys or whatever. And, you know, playing the flute on stage, which I still am just like, how are you doing that? But, um, you know, that's that's what she was doing. She never claimed to be like, you know, the leader of this movement nor did Adele, because that's another one who's getting so much black now. And I'm like, you need to stop putting these women, especially, I feel like, especially like black women, you need to stop putting them in these roles that they didn't sign up for, you know? <laughs> like, so that's my issue um, with that. And I think that that's what made me annoyed really, because it was just a lot of complaining from people who are like, you are my idol. And it's just like, she never asked to be though. Like she was literally just like living her life. Um, you know, like, do I agree with the methods? No, but like, she's still amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, she yeah. didn't ask to do that. So yeah. yeah. Um, you have a really great perspective on detoxing and my friends are mm-hmm. always telling me, oh girl, I'm gonna start a detox on Monday. Oh, God. I'm like, right. what are you detoxing from? Why do you feel like your liver and kidney aren't mm-hmm. working properly? Like what what do you mean by that? It's like that that thing of like, well, what do you what exactly do you mean by that? Please break down like why yeah. they are a farce and a tool of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's it's so mind-boggling to me because I think the word detox, like 
it's just, it's something that has gone, you know, um, it's just one of those words that like the wellness and diet culture has just taken like control of. And, you know, honestly, like detoxing is getting rid of, right. The toxins in your body. And guess what? Like your body does that already. I think people, the problem is that we are constantly made to believe. And the, the more I do, the more I speak about it, the more it's like making me realize that we just are told not to trust our bodies. We're being led to believe that we shouldn't trust our bodies. That's what it comes down to, right? Like we, if you have a craving not to trust it, if you are hungry at like a weird time, not to trust that, like, we're just told not to trust our body. The same thing with detoxing, like, okay, you had, I don't know, um, like a burger and fries, right? Like something, and you're not feeling great after because maybe it was too much or whatever have you. And then people are like, okay, I need to detox from it. It's like, no, actually your body has these really great organs, right? They have this really great set of organs um, that does that for you. And I'm, I say most people, cause you know, I always get this where it's like, some people don't have that. It's like, okay, but yes, but like, let's be honest. Like, a lot of people do. About those people. We're obviously <laughs> not talking about those people. God, there's always going to be a troll. And let's be honest, if you aren't born with that, you already know what to do. And it still doesn't involve celery juice. Like, let's just be clear. Let's just be clear. Even if you aren't born with kidneys, or if you like, whatever, you're still not doing celery juice. So I don't even care about that argument. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yes, so your organs do that for you. And the thing is that our bodies have a really great way of resetting. So it's not to get all sciencey, but there's something called homeostasis, right? Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. And we think of temperature regulation, which is true, but it's also a way of getting our body back to our um, set point. So that also includes things like our internal system, getting rid of the toxins, you know, like even um, like, let's say you drink too much, right? Like, you know, like you don't need to do like a crazy, you just need to balance it with water, right? You don't have to do all the crazy celery juice and all of that. It's, it's really just your body, like trusting your body in order to get to that reset and it will happen. You know, you don't need things like the kale juice or the celery juice. If you are drinking that, I hope it's because you like the taste. I don't know who likes the taste of celery juice, but if you do, fine. <laughs> but that you don't, it's not needed is my point. <laughs> yeah, I think um, too, I have so many people DM me asking me like, mm -hmm. oh my God, what have you been doing? Like, what's your meal plan? What's your this and what's your that? Meanwhile, I had, done so much content around this total, you know, wellness as a whole journey. And I'm like, nobody cared about what I was saying until I lost like 50 mm -hmm. pounds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like we don't believe that people know what they're talking about until we see, like you said, the result. And mm -hmm. I felt, number one, I felt guilty because I felt like I have a level of privilege that I should not have as a person who weighs less I, I do not like the word thin because I'm from the south and I, mm -hmm. I don't like skin I do oh I don't like being called skinny um <laughs> you know, I, I don't like that at all because I'm still very much a thick girl um but anyway, <laughs> that's all another conversation for another day but I felt so guilty because now people are paying attention now people want to engage with my content now people are like oh well where's the video where you talked about this and 
the, if I were a less honest person, the way that Mm -hmm. I could have just sold people a bunch of stuff as like, this is my workout plan. This is what I ate. And this is what I drank. And I was horrified that that's how people get got that there is Mm -hmm. deep need and desire for people to just be thinner, to weigh less, to be smaller than there is to be well. And so Mm -hmm. what I've been telling people is like, well, first go to your doctor and the number of people who are like, oh, I've never thought about that. It's your body. Why aren't you talking to your doctor? Like, what do you mean? Oh, well, I just get like my annual pap smear and like, that's it for me. And I'm like, you don't get blood work done. You don't, you know, whatever, whatever. Like if you, I take full advantage of my Mm health insurance and I recognize that that's a privilege, but if I feel bad, I like when I got to a certain point on the scale, my body felt bad. My lower Mm -hmm. back hurt, my hips hurt, my knees hurt. Like I'm five, two, I can't wait this much, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I talked to my doctor about that. And that was that journey for me. And so I want for more of us to have an understanding that it has to be a total thing. It can't just be, I want a small waist and a flat stomach and, Mm -hmm. but okay. Say you get that. What after that though, do you Mm -hmm. feel good? Um, it, it, it stresses me out that we have so much to unlearn, but even with that being said, one of the things that you talked about too, is our concept of the nutrition of different kinds of food. We think that things Mm -hmm. that are packaged, canned, processed, aren't quote unquote good, aren't quote unquote nutritious. Can you talk a little bit about why it's just as fine, it's just as okay to have like a frozen Mm -hmm. vegetable as one that you got from Whole Foods that costs $13. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably exactly how much it costs too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, honestly, I think it just comes down to, again, like a lot of the media now, Um, you know, we always think of like something fresh as better. And I just tell people, if you prefer the taste, that's fine you know, but you have to understand as far as saying something is healthier or more nutritious, it's not true. Um, you know, and I think it's also wording. A lot of times you'll see companies advertise that they're like non GMO and the word is scary to people, right? Like genetically modified. Oh my God. And it's just like, it sounds scary, but when you realize, Oh, like the actual crops that are GMOs are like, not a lot. I think they're 11. And even the, and the way we do it now, it's just like, we need to, because we have a large amount of people to feed. Like, I don't think people realize like, that's why we do the things we do, (laughs) right? Like there's a reason that food science um, is actually a really um, important aspect of things, you know, and a lot of the things we eat, it requires food science and it requires something like GMOs. Right. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't, you're still getting nutrition. You're still, you know, and the same thing with canned food, right. We think of it as less nutritious, like, Oh my gosh, I got this from a shelf. Yes, you did. Um, like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's just like, if you're worried about, um, you know, sometimes the sodium content is higher, which is totally fine, but guess what? You can do something that I always suggest is rinsing it out. Um, if that's a concern to you and it will still be fine, you know, cause I'll, I'll never forget this one client. She felt so guilty cause she preferred, you know, she had access financially and store wise to, um, 
the fresh green beans or whatever. But she's like, I like really like the taste of the canned. And I was just like, that's fine. And I think she was just in shock that I said that um, because she wanted like ways to try to avoid the can. I was like, why would I tell you not to have canned like food? Um, so that's, that's one of the things that's also very hard to undo. Like we're just constantly thinking fresh is best. And it's like, no, fresh is a preferred taste, right? That's, that's fine if you prefer the taste, but there's nothing wrong with, and frozen too. Frozen actually sometimes is better um, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty because it's like picked at like the peak of its, whatever the term is. So that's why sometimes people are like, it's better. Um, but you know, it's not going to be advertised as, as better or whatever, because it, oh my gosh, it came from the freezer. Like, so, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I think it, it comes down to that, that perception of like, Oh, I feel like I'm about to just be like, so woo woo about it. But just like the way that we associate like poverty with and people like being poor, not having a lot of money is a moral failure. And also being overweight is a moral failure. And also being unhealthy is a moral failure. So if you do all those things, if you're in all those pockets, then you are somehow a bad person. So don't do what the bad people tend Mm -hmm. to need to do, which is to eat. And it's like, none none of that is true. That's exactly the explanation. Exactly it. (laughs) None of that is true. Um, So I, at the, the top of the year again, which is when this part of my journey started. And I was talking um, with my my doctor who is a woman of color. And that was what really actually made, made the difference for me because I had been seeing a, another physician in the practice who really, I can't even remember what drug she wanted to give me for weight loss, but I have several friends who are pharmacists and they were like, bitch don't take that that's not what that's so like don't do that but this is also like an upper east side kind of situation I think it's one of those where it's just like girl here's some drugs there's some drugs at it but the 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 south asian woman who I saw in the practice was like you're gaining weight quite consistently and I don't think that you're actually being honest with yourself about how active you are you are Mm -hmm. quite active you should not be gaining weight at this rate your family health history is this and this and this. Let's consider this. So she sent me to an endocrinologist and and that was how that part of things got started. But at a point in between seeing the endocrinologist and seeing her, because it was quite a, 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 about like a month wait. You know how it is like Mm -hmm. when a doctor's really good, it's hard to get in with them. So my Mm -hmm. doctor was like, in the interim, try Noom. And she's like, I've had so many, you know, patients who've really had success with Noom. And I was on Noom hitting a brick wall where I was like, this is not, you know, and I'm in the groups and it's like the information that they were giving. I was like, oh, this is all really interesting and whatever. And I'm trying really hard. And I'm like, this is not doing a damn thing for me as mm-hmm. not cheap either. So when I saw your content around like these different weight loss apps, I felt so seen. I was like, oh, thank God. I thought I was the only person who wasn't quote unquote, having success with this. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is it about the weight loss apps that you, I don't want to say are against, but that give you pause or that, you know? Yeah. Well, they're not one, they're not individualized. You're just putting a generic um, number. You're like, you're entering numbers into the app. Right. And it's just, it's still not individualized. So they're going to tell you, okay, this is what you should, I'm, I'm using quotations, weigh. 
And that's again, not right for everybody. <laughs> so that's my, that's my number one um, problem with it. Number two is that it's going to give you what I call starvation numbers um, because it's, it's so bizarre to me how we, we think of like the perfect amount of calories as like 1500 or some, you know, something like that, or we will see like what celebrities eat and it's like, oh, it totals like 1600. And I'm, I'm just, I don't think people realize that's the amount kid, kids eat, right? Kids who are like three feet tall, right? <laughs> that's how much they eat. And it's looks like we are bigger, larger adults. Um, so, or most of us again, <laughs> right? So we just need to like, remember that. I think I posted something yesterday and I, people, I'm getting so many messages. People didn't realize like 1200 calories. That's what we give toddlers, you know? And a lot of times people on the apps are being told to eat even less. Someone told me that they were given 850 calories. That's starvation. Oh my God. That's complete starvation. And, you know, it doesn't matter if those, you know, and I see this also from, um, you know, uh, people in like the weight management field or like dietitians who are in the weight management, they're just like, yeah, but like, it's not the, um, it's not the calories. It's what you're telling people to eat. And that's still bullshit because let's say you eat all the fibrous foods that will feel full to you. 800 calories is still 800 calories. That's not going to be sustainable. You know, like, yeah, you can eat like all this broccoli, which will probably not feel great afterwards in your stomach, but that's not going to be sustainable. So it's, it's, um, that's my problem with it is that it, you know, one, it's not individualized Two, it's not sustainable because it gives you starvation numbers or things that are like not sustainable. Yeah. We should be eating over 2000. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like I cut you off. Can you repeat that? Oh no. I was just saying that, um, like, I dare I say, like every adult should be eating over 2000 at least. Yeah. And, you know, being given less than that is just ridiculous. I feel like I would be just a monster of a person if I only had 800. Like I, I would probably be one of the people on the subway who just like randomly yells at people. You know, you're in the subway and it's just like, the like, are you hungry? (laughs) And like, babe, you need some sustenance. Like you, you don't seem okay. <laughs> like, you know, the Snickers commercial, if I only had 800 cats, nobody, I couldn't, I could not be in the world with other people. Like, it, it's so true. <laughs> everyone would hate me. Um, you also brought up um, children, which I think is really important. Um, I have nieces and nephews and I have so many friends who became you know, pandemic moms. Everybody got pregnant. <laughs> so, okay. I can't afford all this guys. Um, a lot of people of my generation are kind of butting heads with what they know have been taught, whatever about proper nutrition for kids and Mm -hmm. conversations that I've had with some several people, my family outside of my family, we're all concerned about like our kids, the kids being overweight. Mm -hmm. How exactly are you, how do you, create healthy relationships with food with children without giving them that negative yeah how do you enforce or encourage nutrition for kids without creating a negative relationship with food I'm so Mm -hmm. afraid of scarring my nieces or nephews in some way about their bodies because we're like oh 
I don't want her to, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a scary thing. And I'm always just like cognizant of like, you do have to t- teach kids limits. And like, you know, you can't sit here and eat a whole box of gushers. Okay. Here's what, but you don't want to create that negative relationship with food. So what are just like some building blocks for how you can start that foundation with kids? Mm-hmm. Well, people um, also, I think need to first realize it starts with themselves. You know, children watch us um, and they learn from us, you know, like, yes, social media is a big part of that. But, you know, if you're constantly talking about needing to lose weight in front of your child, guess what? They're going to constantly grow up with that feeling, even if they are quote unquote fine of feeling like they need to be doing something to themselves. Right. So it's passed on. And I think probably the worst of it is if you tell, you know, if you're constantly uh, telling your child or a child, you know, no matter what they're eating, just be careful. Like, you know, like for my generation, I feel like maybe we're the same where you're told, oh my gosh, like once on your lips, a lifetime on your hips. Like I, you know, I remember hearing that Um, also just, just, you know, like watch the figure, like watch, you know, everything like that. So we're constantly saying these things as harmless, you know, as like jokes, you know, but the thing is that it's very much internalized and people don't realize that, you know, eating disorders often are missed because we only think of emancipated or sorry, (laughs) not emancipated. And mix that. I'll just say super skinny, right? Because I like I'm having word issues, right? We, we just think of really, really thin, um, especially white, right? We think of those two things as eating disorders. And eating disorders actually like binge eating um, is probably the most um, common. And um, anorexia as well, you can look any sort of way, but I think people often miss binge eating and especially miss it in um, uh, people of color. And also, um, you know, a lot of times I think um, trans um, gender is also um, up there. So, you know, it's just like, we really have to be careful. And I think that um, things that are said just like to be harmless um, or just in fun are often internalized and people don't realize that. Um, So, you know, my point is that just to be really mindful of how you speak to children. Like, do you want them eating candy all day? No. You know what I mean? Like, is it going to be great for their teeth? No. But um, what you can say, instead of being like, oh my God, stop eating that. You're going to get fat or you're, you know, you're going to do whatever. Just be like, Hey, like, okay, you can have that cookie or whatever, but maybe afterwards, let's try something else. Or just saying, you know what? Like, how about instead of this, we're going to eat this now. Right. And then we'll see what we can um, eat later on, you know, setting up those boundaries, but not associating it with, oh, my God, you're going to gain so much weight. That's going to be so bad. Like, that's that's the issue, you know, because kids need boundaries. Right. Like, that's that's the whole point of parenting, (laughs) you know, but but, um, you know, it's as far as like what the end result is, like, are you making them scared of weight gain? You know, like and kids also just like adults come in all different sizes. So, you know, sometimes a kid is just going to be larger. Like that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, Right. And that's the thing is like, I, I'm trying so hard to move away from classifying things as like a good food or bad, mm -hmm. food, you know, um, and the thing too, that I have started asking 
my nieces and nephews when I'm noticing because because of the pandemic and my family took it pretty seriously we were really in the house and mm-hmm. bored you know and I kept being like okay this kid keeps eating and I'm like at this point okay are you hungry or do you just want to eat like are you physically hungry or are you mm-hmm. are you bored like because mm-hmm. I'm happy to get you know to fix you whatever whatever but are you hungry or do you just want to eat? And that's something I have to ask myself too quite often. Yeah, but, there's, there's yeah. boredom eating. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, cause sometimes you just do, sometimes you just want to munch, I, you know, whatever. Um, lastly, cause I want to make sure that I, I give people that, cause this is such a big topic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, like we've said several times, a lot to learn and unlearn where should someone start? Cause we're approaching that time of year where it's mm. about to be, you know, the resolutions and the, Oh, all of your holiday weight and blah, 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 blah. For people who want to sidestep that and who want to practice mindful eating and who want to actually put nutrition first and well, actual wellness first, where does someone even start? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just important to realize what the goals are. Like, there's nothing wrong with having goals, right? Um, like I said, even if it's, it is a body goal, like, you know, because I myself, like one of my goals right now is just because um, to be like more flexible and to be, you know, as far as like body, like loosening all that stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're, you know, you have to notice if your goals are, I want to get to a size, whatever, you know, that's, that's the, that's where it kind of gets iffy. Cause it's just like, okay, but like, what are you doing to get to that size? Why do you think that size is the goal? So I think it's important to recognize what your goals are. Um, and if they are, you know, let's say it does happen. Is it sustainable? You know? Um, so I think that it's just really important to, you know, if you're doing that new year's resolution, that's uh, step one. Right. And also just really trying to, cause all of us, you know, are pretty much on social media, it's so important to really diversify your feed. Um, because oftentimes, whenever we're talking about health and wellness, most people only follow folks who are just like all about dropping these pounds doing this, you know, and it's just like, how about following someone who has like, hey, like how to like work on your mental health, how to do, um, cause that like mental health is just as important to, you know, how to, I don't know, like, or maybe just following a recipe page, something like that, where it's not just all how to drop, how to get snatched, how to do all of these things where it's just like more diverse. Um, so that's what I mean by diversify. Cause I, I think when you look at your social media, you realize, oh, I'm only following one type of thing. Um, so it's, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest recommendation, um, because it's not going to happen overnight. I'm just going to say that right now, like having this healthy relationship, especially with how we grew up, um, it's not going to happen overnight. So that's why it's baby steps, you know, first realizing these things and then making small adjustments. So. I think that's really, uh, Lord, the way that I still struggle with just recognizing that you don't have to just like cross the whole thing all in once like sustainable change yeah (laughs) incremental kinds of um things I think also you touched on something that I really want to drive home a bit as well which is individualizing Mm -hmm. everything is not going to work for every literal body and how can someone to me I would assume that getting an individual 
course of action for yourself comes from speaking with a professional. What are some other just recommendations for how people can kind of divest from the group think that is diet culture and that tells you do paleo, do this, do this, do this. How do people mm-hmm. begin to like individualize for themselves? I think realizing, you know, cause um, a lot of folks have probably done <laughs> so many diets in their, you know, in their life. And I always tell people really think about your time on each one of them, you know, like, yes, you got results probably because, you know, it's most of them, it's just really restrictive. So yeah, you're probably going to see some results, but was it sustainable? Are you really going to put yourself through that again? You know, cause it, when you think about it, it's a cycle, you know? Um, and if they worked, you know, if they actually worked and I'm not talking about, yes, I, I did actually lose like five pounds, but guess what? It didn't, you know, people get frustrated because they regain that weight because it wasn't sustainable. That's why it's a cycle. So really think about putting yourself through that again. Cause I know it's tempting, um, especially now, like I'm sure things are going to be discounted. Like all those apps are probably discounted now. Right. So really think, okay, am I doing this again? Did it work the last time? What can I do differently? Like, how did I feel? Um, you know, think about, the foods that you're being asked to restrict, especially if you do something like whole 30 or whatever it is, think about that, you know, especially if you come from like a background, like where it's very carb heavy, right? Like I can't imagine like coming from, I don't know, an Italian heritage and being told not to eat pasta, like, oh what? My God. yeah, <laughs> like what? Um, <laughs> or, you know, anything else, like even like, um, a Latinx culture being told not to eat like rice, you know what I mean? Like, is that really sustainable? No, <laughs> nor should it be. So it's, it's just really important. That's when, when you talk about individualize, really think about that. Is that sustainable? No. Um, so that's, I think that's like a really important step because it's very easy. Like I call it the honeymoon phase. Um, when you first start a diet, you're like, this is fine. I I can totally, I can totally do this. Like I don't even miss bread, which is like a huge lie, right? Like I don't miss it, but you know, the more, the more you do it, the longer, you know, it's, you realize, oh, what am I doing? So really think about the individual aspects. (laughs) Definitely. I I feel like um, that's what I keep trying to drive home to people on my platform as a whole, like when it comes to wellness and the way we navigate life, what works mm-hmm. for somebody just really may not work for you because you come yeah. from such an individual, you come from such a unique and special place already that you can't. I remember when I did Whole30, I will never forget like leaving from an event and the mm-hmm. headache that I got. I felt like I was, the, it was a migraine. Like I felt like I was going to go blind and mm. I had to just like go somewhere. And I'm like, I squinted looking at the menu, like, what can I eat? I can't eat anything. I don't even remember what I ended up doing, but I just felt from that quote unquote detox hangover phase of it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Jesus Christ, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, one of our, our goals in life should be like sustainable changes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone wants to work with you and start taking advantage of your amazing, very helpful, very comforting <laughs> Content. how should they go about contacting you? Where can they find you? What services do you offer? Plug yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my website and Instagram and Twitter, all of it is the nutrition tea. Um, probably super easy to find. <laughs> so everything's the nutrition tea. 
Um, also, my email is the nutrition tea at gmail, um, but you can also find me through my website. And I do like most of the stuff is definitely on Instagram. Um, I think that's probably the most successful where I can give like tidbits. Um, but one-on-one sessions I do offer. Um, so we can talk about that also, because of course, everyone's goals might be different and it will be through a, what I like to call a weight inclusive, meaning whatever your goals are, I'm not concentrating on a number. I'm concentrating on the actual goal. (laughs) So whether that is diabetes, heart disease, whatever it is, we're going to talk about that, not the weight, um, and see what happens. So which is hard for some folks. So just, just a heads up, but that's kind of how I operate, but most of my content is definitely on Instagram. Okay. And I'll definitely include links to everything. So nobody like stop your car or anything, write anything down (laughs) in the episode description. So thank you, Shauna, so much for speaking with us. It's such a a big topic. And I was just like, how are we going to narrow this down to an hour? So I hope we (laughs) we covered everything because I got so many very like similar questions when I asked people, you know, on Instagram, like, what would you like me to ask a nutritionist? And so Mm -hmm. much of it was just about weight. And I'm like, Mm, I don't mm-hmm. even know how I would even begin to just like ask this same question over and over. What food should I avoid? What things should I, and I'm yeah. like, that's just not how this is going to work. So right. <laughs> time, and I'm looking forward to working with you in 2022. I can't believe that that's a word that I just, that, that's a sentence I said. 2022 I know. 2022. Oh my God. In five minutes. <laughs> I'm still in 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Same. Like what, what was 21 anyway? So thank you so much. And I will talk soon. And thank you for sharing with my audience. And yeah, thank you. Thank you.